Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Weaver, how are you doing tonight? Hello. Amazing. I don't know who you were referring to. 56 books. Oh, Lord, let it be unto me. But thank you for having me on. Your intros are absolutely the best in the world. One day I will be as cool as you are and I will be able to do intros like you. Uh, Jenny, we are so excited to have you on. I know this is your fourth time on, but there are people here tonight that are jumping on here. There's 2,000 people. We'll ramp up here as we go. They just don't, they don't know Jenny Weaver. They see your books, which I think you've written six, if I'm not mistaken. They see your books. They see you're a worship leader. They say you're a worship pastor now at Nations Church in Florida, which we'll talk about that as well. They see you're a revivalist. You're preaching. You're live streaming. You're an entrepreneur. You're running businesses. You're a wife. You're a mother. You homeschool. I mean, you're doing all this stuff, but not everybody knows that you weren't all Always like this not everyone knows the testimony and if you listen if you guys know Jenny Weaver she's radical the way she praises the way she worships the way she preaches but a lot of people don't realize we shout this way and we praise this way because there's a testimony behind why we praise we weren't always like this we didn't always shout this way we didn't always praise this way we weren't always excited we weren't always free so when you hear us preaching on spiritual warfare and deliverance and I'm wearing the shirt it's because God has set us free I always say this Jenny Weaver I'm deliverances I got this from Alexander Pagani. I preach so much deliverance because I'm deliverance's number one candidate. I'm a product of deliverance. I'm a product of revival. I'm a product of an altar call. And so Jenny, I would love if you would just share some of your story, you know, some of your testimony of what God has done in your life. How did you get to this point? And then we'll jump into, we have time, we'll jump into worship and praise and how God uses it and everything like that. Yeah, I'm so excited. I got my guitar ready. I'm ready for whatever God is ready to do here on this broadcast. Now, I do feel strongly that people are going to be set free. I know you receive hundreds of testimonies a day. I receive hundreds of testimonies as well. People being set free because it is the power of God in us and God is already moving. I believe that some of you are going to watch this broadcast and it's going to literally shift you into the next level of worship. You've been on a shore level. Some of you have been in a knee deep level. Some of you have been an ankle deep level, but God wants you to come all the way into a river that is so vast, so big. It's flowing over top of you, around you, behind you. The glory is your rear guard. God wants us to be all the way in. So I want everybody to type I'm all the way in today. And listen, I wasn't always a worship leader. I wasn't always saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. I literally wanted to kill myself at 13 years old. I had a spirit of murder that came into my life, and it tried to take me out. I literally would come home from school, and I would cut all day, all night long. I would cut my arms up. One time I had 56 cuts. I would recut them open. I would go to the same scar and try to cut it back open. I had mutilation that was very heavy on my life. I wanted to murder my mother. I planned it out how I was going to kill her in her sleep. I was bullied at school. Even though we were in church, hear me guys, even though we were going to church, what I saw in my home life, there was Mm. no love. There was no affection. There was no real living out the word. The enemy used those things to pull me and lure me away. And so I was seeing demons coming out of my closet as a little girl. I was so afraid. I don't even think I shared this. And I almost got scared to say something about it. But I, I got to be real. I got to say Come on. This. 
I was so terrified as a little girl of demons that were in my room that I thought that, oof, this is, this is heavy. I thought that if I put my feet on the ground to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, that I would literally be killed. And so I would sit in my bed, like just terrified, trembling, and I would wet the bed as a 10-year-old girl, 11-year-old girl, um, even 12 years old, I was just, it wasn't that I was sleeping, I was awake, but I couldn't get out of the bed because I thought, I know that the demons, as soon as they see my foot, they're gonna pull me under the bed and they're gonna kill me. That's what I was experiencing. So I had a deep, deep level of fear that was in my life, a spirit of fear, torment of the mind. The Bible talks about fear has torment. And so that's what I was experiencing. And so 13, I wanted to kill myself. I went and watched a movie called The Craft. Many of you know my testimony. I watched The Craft. It was about four witches who were doing all this witchcraft in school and they had control and power, so it seemed. And they got into this and at the end of the movie, it really just kind of just took them all out. And the one girl was able to get out of it safely and i feel like that was me but i got into witchcraft by watching that movie and so i'm very careful of what i let in my eye gate and my ear gate to this day um they say well it's just entertainment well the root word of entertainment is enter and so i'm very cautious what enters into my house and into my eye gate because i know what i walk through so i started doing witchcraft and practicing spells and incantations and chants and all these rituals and all this stuff and um, I got into drugs, I would sneak out. Long story short, I'm really gonna wrap this one up for real. But there was a time when I was in, in the drug house and um, doing witchcraft, I would go up to a drawer to open the drawer and before I would even touch the drawer, the drawer would go shh, and it would open. I remember pointing to um, all of these dolls that I had up on a window seal. They had been up there forever. And I pointed, I said, look at the dolls. And when I pointed, they all fell. I would hear scratching on the walls as I was laying down. I would hear knocking on the walls like this. Nobody was outside, just knocking, knocking, knocking. Demons began to torment me as I was practicing witchcraft with another witch. We were using drugs to open ourselves up to this demonic realm. We didn't think it was a demonic realm, Isaiah. We thought it was just a, oh, it's such a spiritual realm. You don't understand. They're going to come in and they're going to heal. We're going to use these healing crystals over here and the third eye here and the chakras here. And we're going to do all this yoga and all this stuff. No, we were opening up demonic doors. I would black out for hours. God knows what was happening. And I would wake up in a total different part of the house. I don't know if I got there by walking, if I was dragged there, if something happened to me, I don't know. But this is what was going on because I had opened up the door to witchcraft. Later on, I got into meth and heroin and I became a full-blown drug addict. At 17 years old, I was homeless. I had dropped out of school. I almost finished school and I dropped out because my mind started to go in this direction that was not the will of the Lord. It was the will of the enemy for my life. I dropped out of school. I was sleeping on the streets of Sarasota, Florida, hopping the fences, sleeping behind the opera house, getting up and staying in Denny's all day long so I could be in the air condition. I got into drugs so bad for nine years, Isaiah. I was on and off of drugs, in and out of jail, rehab, everything you can imagine for nine years, guys. And one day I cried out, God help me. I was at my lowest point, pregnant, 
and on meth and couldn't stop and newly pregnant with my absolutely phenomenal prophetic worshiper daughter who is gonna be 12 in a week and a half and I was pregnant and I didn't know how to get up and I cried out to God and God who had already been violently chasing me down, protecting me because how many of you know if it had not been for the Lord, he was on my side, I would not even be on this life today. I would be dead. There was many times we were shot out, shot at, the house was had bullets flying through the walls. There was all kinds of things that happened. I cried out, God rescued me and then he took me through the process of deliverance. I got saved. I got on a platform. God knows they, should, they probably should have waited a little while, but I got saved. They put me on a platform and um, I was on a platform doing my best to lead worship for the very first time. And I was full of devils. And I remember a couple years of doing that. And a lady said, I want to take you to a deliverance uh, service and I was excited to see people be delivered of devils. I wasn't going there to be delivered. I was going there to watch people be delivered because, and this is why somebody get this. I was taught that if you were saved, you could not have a devil. And so I was demonized, completely demonized. And so I thought, well, I can't have a devil. And so I went thank God that I went and a lady came right up to me and she said, can I pray with you? And I said, sure. And she cast devils out of me. And it was a long process. And there was a lot that had to come out. The occult and witchcraft, perversion, everything. The demons were talking, scratching, trying to scratch and hit and do all that stuff. They had people holding me down. And then I was finally free. And then at that moment when I left, this is when I can see my life start to really take shape. And the Lord said, I'm going to teach you worship. And I would just be, I was so hungry for the Lord that I would go in my room with my guitar. I didn't know prophetic worship and I had not heard that word. Nobody in my church said prophetic worship. Nobody said fivefold. They said none of that. It was just, let's sing a few hymns and let's just love Jesus. It was very basic. And, I, and that was, that was fine for what it was. Um, but I didn't know that. And I would go in my room and I would start singing to the Lord. And I just wanted to love the Lord and I would tear up. And then all of a sudden I would hear the song of the Lord come forth. And that's how he birthed me into worship. What a powerful testimony, Jenny. You know, I think about the, the Bible says he takes the foolish things, the lowly things of this world that confound the wise. And I, I, you posted a picture a while back that brought me to tears. And I've seen the picture several times of where you used to live. And you used to live wow. in this little, like, it was like a shack. And you posted where God take, took you from and where God has you now. And guys, this is a testimony. It doesn't matter where you are. And I felt this to tell someone this in the chat, Jenny, as you were sharing, that some of you right now are where Jenny was. Right now, you're on drugs right now you're bound i think jenny we do a disservice when we preach by thinking everybody's saved we think everybody's on fire not realizing there's somebody right now as we're preaching that's on the end of the rope and we're throwing them a lifeline by sharing your testimony the bible says in the book of revelation we overcome by the blood of the lamb and 
by the word of our testimony. So as you're sharing, there's an opportunity for you to experience deliverance. There's an opportunity for you to get breakthrough in your mind. There's an opportunity for you to get strongholds demolished for someone. And I just wanna say this, some of you are getting set free in Jesus' name. You're getting delivered in Jesus' name. And we don't ever do this in the middle, but who cares? Every demonic spirit, every demonic power, every darkness is being broken. Some of you are living in fear and God is breaking fear tonight. Friend, there is power. When Jenny was sharing, I felt the power and the presence and the anointing of God flowing right now. And so if that's you and you say, I need this, I'm cutting my arm, I'm broken, let Jesus come and change you. Let the Holy Spirit bring breakthrough. Don't listen to the religious lie that, oh, the devil can't touch me. I'm a believer now. Friend, you got to know that you are, the devil is your enemy, the Bible says. And the devil wants to attack the church more than the world. He already owns the world, so he's after the body of Christ. But God has given you all power and all authority. And so I just speak the healing power of God. I speak the anointing of God over you tonight. I believe tonight is a breakout. Listen, Jenny's a revivalist. I'm a revivalist. And the presence and the power of God wants to touch you where you are. As Jenny's sharing, some of you are in the chat writing, you're crying. You identify, maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's trauma that you went through that God is bringing up right now because he wants to heal it. We're not going to take you back to it. God's going to take you forward into deliverance and healing. So I just feel Jenny as I was praying for tonight as I was preparing I just feel the Holy Spirit saying I want to move supernaturally in people's life I want to bring breakthrough listen there's 2400 of you share this broadcast so someone can get breakthrough this is not a cliche share the broadcast so we could get more views this is share the broadcast so somebody that's hurting someone that's broken someone that thinks they have to take their life to get to escape their misery. Someone that thinks that there's no purpose for them. Some of you lay in bed at night thinking there's no purpose. And I want to tell you, if God can take me from where he's taken me, if God can take Jenny from where he's taken her and God has lifted her up and God has washed her, cleansed her, renewed her and given her a hundred times what the devil has taken from her. He's given restitution, redemption. He's bought her back and bought me back. I just really believe tonight is your night. Don't put this off. I feel the urgency to not put this off any longer. We need to let the Holy Spirit, and this is really, Jenny, the essence of worship, isn't it? Letting the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do, giving God a platform to move. And we want to start, guys, by saying worship is not three fast songs and two slow songs at a service. Worship is a lifestyle where you submit your life to God, where you say, God, I want you. I'm consecrating my life, separating my life. And for whatever reason, we've made worship in America and worship leaders, we've made this thing where it's like, it's okay to be a worship leader and be compromised. And I've seen this, Jenny. I've, I've traveled, you know this for 10 years now, if you're new and you didn't know that. I preached in over 500 churches and it seems like every church I would go to, Jenny, the pastor would say, I just don't know how to get my worship leader consecrated. They're constantly out posting stuff, drinking, partying. And it was like every church I go to, it was like the worship leader had a free pass to live how they wanted, when in reality, God's calling worship leaders to live a holy, consecrated life. We as leaders of worship, need to be separated. If you look at 1 Peter 1 15, it says, but he who has called you is holy, so be holy. But here's what I love what it says here. But Peter says, be holy in all that you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. So it doesn't say be holy when you're on stage. 
It doesn't say be holy when you're leading worship. It doesn't say be holy when your pastor's watching. It doesn't say be holy just on Instagram, but not on Facebook. It says be holy in all that you do. And I know right now, I'm not gonna go into this, but there's been a trend, let me just say that without getting into detail, of worship leaders thinking it's okay to say what they want, to post what they want, to listen to what they want, to watch what they want. But I believe, Jenny, there's a holiness movement. There's a remnant rising up Hebrews 12:4 says without holiness no one will see the Lord of holy worship leaders come on we need a tagline that holy worship leaders that are going to go forth that are going to usher in the presence of God into churches and you wonder why the church is so dry in America why it's so stale in America why demons are not manifesting in America why deliverance is not happening miracles are not happening it's because compromised worship leaders and I always say that spend more time on their hair than prayer and I know that's just you know it's a joke term but are not willing to live this separated lifestyle and I want to tell some of you if you want to be a leader this is as a leader we forfeit our right to live in compromise we forfeit our right to do whatever we want. And I know some people might say, well, you know, you can't make people walk on eggshells or they have to be normal. You lose that right when you become a leader of God's people, when you become an overseer of the church, when you become a worship leader, you don't get the right to watch whatever you want. You lose the right to talk how you want because now you are a public figure bringing people in the presence of God. And I think as pastors, we need to set the standard higher in the worship in the church, in the worship team, in the worship leader, asking these tough questions, are you living a consecrated life? Now, Jenny, I know you have a ton of worship leader friends more than I do. I do have a good amount from traveling, but I mean, wh where are you in this tension between this compromised lifestyle? Are you seeing this in America? I know there's a remnant, I know there's revival, but it seems like there's just this trend of the worship leader gets like a free pass, you know, to live a compromised lifestyle. Yeah, I've definitely seen it. And, um, I think that, like you said, there is a line that is being drawn in the sand. And I do believe that the Lord is shaking everything that can be Come shaken on. will be shaken. And in the Bible, I remember the story where he calls the Levites. Yes. He calls the Levites forth. And he says, who this day is going to stand on the side of the Lord? And he required the Levites to be set apart, meaning my new normal, it's not, well, I gotta live normal. Mm. My new normal is prayer, fasting, worship, being holy. I don't, I don't even desire those things. Those desires that, oh, I wanna live like everybody else. I don't get so religious. We are compromising so much at the sake of, well, we don't have to be so religious. Listen, holiness is still right. Come and on. I'm not talking about hair all the way up in a bun, no makeup, because God knows some of these houses need a little bit of fresh paint like mine. Come on. But I am talking about holiness in the position of your heart. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. When you're delighting yourself in the Lord, I believe people go, well, he's going to give me everything I want because he gives me the desires of my heart. That's good. And you can take it like that. But what if you, what if it was, was like this, delight yourself in the Lord and the Lord is going to actually put desires in your heart that you will desire after like goodness and righteousness and holiness and revival and standing up for communities and families. Honey, I'm not here for the popular vote. If you follow me today, you may unfollow me in two weeks. That's just how it goes. 
They loved Jesus and cried Hosanna one day and crucify him the next. So everybody on here, we need to live for the audience of one. It is for Jesus. I'm, I, I love you and I appreciate you, but baby, I cannot be led by you and what your opinion is of me. I have to toe the line, as they say. Hold the line. We are in a spiritual battle, and I do believe the Lord is still calling who is on the side of the Lord. We are in a spiritual battle, and people will say, it's merry, it's merry, and drink and be merry, but it's not a time for that. It's time to contend for revival. Like you just said, you stop and you address souls, people that were suicidal, people that were depressed, Guys, we're experiencing this every single day, everywhere we go. There is a dying world out there, and we need real worshipers to stand up, get on those front lines, be in the presence of the Lord, delight in the Lord, get in his presence, get in the river, as I say, get in his glory, come on, get in the spirit of God, and then you'll be able to actually go forward on the battlefield, and you'll see that the Lord will cause you to win the battle every single time. But all of this, oh, I'm going to follow this person, and they're so popular, and da, 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 da. that's wonderful, but there's no oil there. I have to see the fruit of what's in their life. I want to see deliverance. I want to see people set free, people being healed. Come on. We need the real saints to stand up this day and this hour. So, and I believe that so God is good. doing it. You're firing yeah, me up, Jenny. I'm, I'm about to it. fall out of my chair over here. So, so good. <laughs> and this is what, this is what, when I've talked to some of them, this is what the argument is. How could we reach the world? How could we reach the world if we're not, we're not like them, if we're not relating to them? But friend, you have to understand, we don't reach the world by becoming like the world. We reach the world by becoming like another world. And that's the glory that's to come. That's the supernatural kingdom of God. And that's what people long for. In fact, when the world sees us in compromise, they lose respect for us. You know, you look at some of these worship leaders that are just posting loose things and then the world sees that and they're like that's exactly why I don't want to be believer believers are hypocrites believers preach one thing but they live a different thing if you go to Moses when Moses was arguing with God face to face basically God if you guys don't know the story God told Moses I'm not going with you I'll send an angel he said the people are rebellious and this is what God said Jenny he said if I go with you I will destroy you guys. He's like, you guys are rebellious. You guys are worshiping other gods. And so Moses and him are going back and forth. And Moses says, I'm not going with an angel. Now, there are some worship leaders, some pastors that are content with an angel. They're content with a manifestation. They're content with a gold dust. They're content with a feather. But there's some of us that we want the presence of God. Like we want the real thing. We've come too far and we know what the presence of God tastes like. But here's what Moses says. If you don't go, I'm not going. But then he says this to God, and this is where I want to key in on, Jenny. He says, how will they know that we are your people without your presence? How will they know that we are the, the, the sacred, chosen, set apart, set aside, if you don't go with us? In other words, here's what Moses was saying. The only thing that sets us apart, the only thing that makes the world attracted to us is the presence of God. And if we don't have the presence of God, then we have nothing to offer the world because Hollywood will always sing better than us. MTV will always be more, you know, hip than us, have more money than us. And it's not about just a laser light show. It's not about smoke machines. It's not just about the screens. Now, listen, I love the screens, the lights, the cameras. I got it right here, okay? I'm not against it, but I also got the presence of God stronger than I have these blue lights. And I wanna tell you, it's the presence of God that separates yeah. us. Now, here's what happens. 
when you don't live a holy separated life you lose the presence of god you lose the presence of god and so you still do worship you still are popular and you can sell a lot of albums and you could be number one and you can pack out arenas just like secular artists are just like i don't even know secular artists these days but whoever is popular right now they're packing out arenas but without the presence of god nobody walks away delivered Without the presence of God, nobody walks away healed. Without the presence of God, true repentance and revival can't break out. So we have these great worship services, Jenny. We have these great services, but then when you walk out, no one's changed. Nobody's different. Wow. There's, there's not this separation where it's like, I left the service. I don't want to watch those movies anymore. I don't want to listen to that music. This is not legalism. Now, for you that are l religious and you're carnal, this is legalism for you. But if those of us that have encountered God for real, that are hungry, this is holiness. This is separation. And this is the level that God is calling us to be. This is that higher level where David said, listen, I got the ark of God back. Every six steps, I'm going to sacrifice. Not because God told me I had to, not because it says it in the Bible, because I'm going to go above and beyond to make sure I never lose the presence of God again. David had already lost the presence of God. And he said, I'm never going to lose it again. And friend, this is why we live a consecrated life, because I don't want to lose what God is doing. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit that's living in me. Now, if you don't believe in that, if you don't believe in the power of God, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, then yes, you're going to live carnal. Then we're going to debate about drinking. We're going to debate about music. We're going to debate about what movies we can watch and how close we can get to the line. But for those, the message of the cross is the power of God. For those that are perishing, it's foolishness. But those that are being saved, it's the power of God. So guys, when we're talking about holiness, this is how we usher in the presence of God. If you want your family to see a difference in you, try holiness. If you want your church to see a difference in you, try holiness. There's people that are going to get around you. They're like, I don't even know why I love being around you, why I'm attracted to you, but it's the presence of God. It's the anointing of God. It's the fire of God. There's nothing special about Isaiah Saldivar other than I host the presence of God because I live a consecrated life. People are like, I don't even know why I'm drawn to you. It's the presence. It's when we talk, when me and Jenny are talking and there's this feeling in you, there's something in there. There's that deep crying out to deep, longing for something more. It's the manifest presence of God because we're living a consecrated life. Jesus said this, and I'll stop rambling here. The ruler of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. Me and the devil, this is what Jesus was saying, have nothing in common. And what gives me power over darkness is that I don't sleep with darkness, is that I'm not entertained by darkness. The moment darkness becomes my entertainment, I lose spiritual authority over it. Because you can't have spiritual authority over something that you're entertained by. You can't have spiritual authority over something that you're in bed with. And so I believe, Jenny, I'm so desperate for this. I'm longing for this. I'm like, Lord, we need holiness. I don't care if you write me off. I don't care if you unfollow me. I don't care if you think I'm legalistic. I would rather you be called legalistic and error on the side of legalism than error on the side of looseness. I want to see a holiness revival. And I believe, I believe it's happening right now in worship leaders in the worship movement movement yeah absolutely and one thing i want to bring up is we need to always be careful that we are not worshiping worship Come on because i see that happening where people are worshiping worship and yep. it's it's really taking over it is wild um what we're seeing and we just have to get back to, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. You know, I've been a worship leader for several years now. And Isaiah, I've heard so many people complain in a worship service. Say it. When I first started, and I started to um, move forward in the prophetic, the spontaneous song of the Lord, the Lord was teaching me. First of all, I was already nervous to even 
express what I was hearing so strongly. I thank God that I had a pastor. I call him the pastor that raised me, Pastor Sweeney. And he would say, he would give me the nod like, no, go ahead. And it was so comforting to have that father of the house say, no, we want the move of the Lord here. And, and I would begin to just sing not the known words, but something that the Lord was giving me. And the people in the back, for some reason, it was the back row. <laughs> come on now. The people in the back would come up. We don't like all of that. And and why should you have to sing like that? And we don't understand those tongues. And she's singing in tongues. And we didn't hear the interpretation. Or they would say, you know, why can't we have two hymns and two this and two fast songs and then two slow. She's doing too many songs. It was just wild. Or they would say, we want her to sing our song. And you know what our pastor would say to them? Isaiah, I know you're going to love this so much. He would say, you don't get a song because you didn't die on the cross for a Come song. On. These are not your songs. They're Jesus's songs. They are made for him and sung unto him for all things belong to him. Come on. And all things are from him. You don't come in the service going, where's my song? If they would just sing my song or leave going, I didn't feel nothing. Nothing happened. You are there to literally pour life. And I know there's so many worshipers on here. Come on, if you're a worshiper, I just want you to type in the comments. I'm a worshiper. Come I don't on. need even good singing. Isaiah, I have been in worship services where they have had, God bless the person, they were not skilled in the area of singing. Come on. But they have a passion for Jesus. And when they opened their mouth and they got the mic and they got their little solo that the pastor gave them and they began to sing their song, the power of God broke out in that church time and time again probably one of the, the the harshest voices to listen to honest to god in my opinion but every time we knew once this person gets up here it's going to be a breakout what is what was the difference why is that extremely mm -hmm. good singer that can sing the paint off the wall it, we all clap we even got a little goosebumps i get goosebumps from hearing whitney houston back in the day come on so now to me is not going to really determine if God is moving. I, I'm glad that we do have those confirmations, but I am not relying on my bodily functions to tell me when God is in the house. Come on, somebody. Come he on. said, my sheep know my voice and as strangers they'll run from. Why is it that that person that could sing, there feels no glory, there was no oil, but the other person that had no voice, scratchy voice, rough voice, glory came out because they were in the secret place with the most high. And when the Lord heard their voice, he goes, now that one, I know that one mm. is mine. And when they sing to me, I'm going to immediately show up because I'll put my throne. The Lord says, I'll establish my own throne in the midst of the praises. And so God is establishing his throne in the midst of our praises and worship. He didn't say he, didn't say he was going to establish it on a sermon. He didn't say he was going to establish it on a prophetic word. He said, I'm, I'm establishing my throne in the midst of praises. And so one thing I want to express to all of you that are listening I love that you're going after your callings. I love that you're taking all the calling tests and you're knowing who you are in Christ and you're moving forward in what God has called you to do. But let me remind you, you will not be prophesying in heaven and you will not be preaching in Say heaven it, and you will not even be evangelizing in heaven. Bless the Lord. But the one thing that we're going to do all day, every day, 24 seven, 
day, every day for eternity is worshiping God and seeing him and behold the lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. Beholding him, staring, adoring, looking and dwelling in his presence. And every time he moves, it's another side. That's why I love reading the word Isaiah, because when you read the word, guys, it's going to equip you to be a better worshiper. When you're praising God, you're praising and going, look what the Lord has done. Look what he's done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me Come just on. in time. You go down a list. Thank you, God. You, you, you healed me. You set me free. You picked me up. You turned me around. You praise him. You praise him. And when you worship him, you say, you are. You are my father. You are the God that healeth thee. Jehovah Jireh. That's why the song, holy are you, Lord God almighty. Worthy is the lamb. It still has oil on it. Mm. Why? Because we're going, we thank you for everything that you did. We did the praise. We, we love praise. It gets us in the gate. Thanks gets us in the courts. We know that. But let me tell you who you are. You are holy. That's why the angels, they already know what to do in heaven. And they'll say, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and is to come. And then the elders take their crowns and they literally throw them down. I don't think they're just taking them and just lightly putting them. That it's so extreme that they literally are like, get this off me. I have to put this crown down because there is the one. Look, it's the lamb of God. And then they say that there's these creatures with these eyes all around and within. And I think why so many eyes? Because there's so much to see in God. Mm. And with all of their eyes, they most likely have still not been able to see all that there is to God. And so we need to get an understanding of who God is who Jesus is, the Holy Spirit, God the Father. And we need to understand that before I can go through my day, I need to sit with the Lord. Isaiah, can I just say this? Because this, yeah, yeah, this go is ahead. an example so that I, I always bring this up with my students and I feel it's important. But I, I tell them, you know, the Bible says, Jesus says, I stand at the door and I what? Right in the comments. Mm. I knock. And if any man hears me, then he'll open up to me and let me come in and I'll dine with him. And so think about this. The Lord looks, actively looks. He only looks for one thing. He's not come looking on. for intercessors. He's not letting with that. Just good. We need the watchman on the wall. We need all that. He's not looking for who's the best preacher right now. Who's the best singer. Who's got the top album. Who's no, he's looking for worshipers. They, that will worship him in spirit and in truth. So it's a kind of worshiper. It's just not everybody that sings songs. Mm. It's the kind of worshiper that will worship in spirit and truth and he looks. And so here he is, he's knocking at your door. Somebody's gonna get this today. And just imagine that maybe it's a, pa a parent that comes to a child's home, an older child's home and it's Christmas day and they've got gifts. And they go, okay, I'm gonna go visit my child. It's, it's been a minute and they knock on the door. And they can see the child in the house walking around, just doing their daily task, washing dishes. They're knocking and knocking like, are they going to come in? Hours go by and they're still at the door and it's Christmas and they're so longing to be with that child and they knock and now it's getting darker and the day's almost gone and the child is in there completely mm. oblivious 
that the parent is outside knocking and knocking and knocking. And now it's dark and the day is almost done and it's still out there knocking. Now, when you think about it like that, you would you, your heart almost breaks like, oh no, I hate that for the parent that they would stand out there and, and not be let in. Why didn't the child hear the door and open the door? But yet so many believers, we've gotten so busy because that's a mm. tactic of the enemy from the very beginning. They've gotten so distracted. They let life come in or they have a, a non, they don't just, they don't have good teaching on worship. And so what happens is deception comes in and they're completely blinded that there's a knocking every day. Come in, come in. I want to come in. I want to dine with you. I want to talk with you. I want to fix that for you. I want to put that piece back together, but you won't open the door. And when you begin to worship and when you begin to seek the Lord while he still may yet be found, mm. then I'm telling you, he comes in and instead of you having to fly out 17 hours to get to a deliverance service, the Lord will begin to Come deliver on. you like he did me on a floor in my house. The Lord's word says that I cried out to the Lord and he delivered me from out of all of my fears. They that look to the Lord, their faces are radiant and bright and they will not be put to shame. Come on somebody. So I want you to commit in your heart this day, I'm giving the Lord what's his. When I have a headache, he's still worthy. When I didn't get enough sleep the day before, my king is still knocking at the door. When I don't feel like it, I'm still required to worship. He didn't say worship me in feeling and in emotion. He said worship me in spirit and in truth. I have to feel the Lord Come to on. obey. Lord. Come on, somebody. And I'm telling you, if you would just press in. There have been times I've gone into service, gotten an argument with my husband in the car on the way ahead. to lead worship. Like we have we have rules now about like what we can even talk about Come on the way to church. Come on. It is that sensitive. I'm like, uh, uh, we're not letting the devil in here Come today. On. And I have to get up there. I'm all messed up in my mind. I'm all offended. And da, da, da. And I'm like, oh, God. And God is gracious enough. He's gracious enough to just move on us. I have literally gotten off the platform, walked over to my husband, whispered in his ear, I'm sorry. Come got on. myself back on a platform. Nobody even knew got myself back on the platform because i said god i gotta have you and i'm telling you i just pressed in i kept pressing past how i feel because remember it's not about us it's mm. about him it's about god and i pressed past and i'm telling you he broke me out time and time again bitterness left rejection left fear left come on somebody come on. all those things that i was struggling with time after time and going i just can't break this cycle when I began to worship and praise, it broke me out. I would literally spend eight hours sometimes in that RV that most of you found me in when I was singing the scriptures in 2018. Eight hours. Thank God for homeschool. My daughter would be in there playing all over me. I'd be out mm. praying, worshiping. I didn't know the Lord was going to send me to the nation from a phone in my RV. Wow. I didn't know the Lord was going to put me on Christian television. All I knew was that I loved the Lord and I would do anything. And my eyes opened. I would see angels sitting all over the lawn coming to hear worship. I would get prophetic words about 
TV shows and books. And I would see them before they even happened because when I came into the presence of the Lord, I came into the fullness. And in his fullness, there is fullness of joy, insight, wisdom, and revelation. So good, Jenny. You are on fire. And I know there's some people, they see the way we worship, the way we praise, the way God has healed us and delivered us. And they say, I'm just not into worship. I'm just not into not realizing, yes, you are. I want you guys to write this down. Every person praises and worships something. So there's no one in the chat that doesn't worship. Even the atheist worships. He worships self. So just because you don't worship God doesn't mean you don't worship. Some of you in the chat right now, you worship your job. Some of you praise at the football game. Some of you worship your family. Some of you worship your own body. Come on, some of you, you're up in front of that mirror and you're praising your biceps. You're praising your calves. You're praising your abs. You're worshiping and there's that praise of self. There's that worship of self. There's the praise of the own desires because worship basically means to express devotion to something. So when I worship, which yes, worship is also not just my life is also music, is also worship and praise. I'm devoting myself. So I wanna ask you in the chat, what are you worshiping? Like, what are you devoted to? Because whatever you're devoted to, whatever you're loyal, some of you worship your children's cheerleading squad because you're there every single day. You're spending $1,000 a month. Come on, where are you at, competitive cheerleaders? You're spending $1,000 a month. Some of you worship your children's football teams and you're there at every football team. You have no voice in the morning. And here's what's amazing. You wake up with no voice on Saturday because you're yelling at the Friday night football game at your high school football team, your kid's yell, uh, quarterback. But then you're on Sunday morning. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost, help me tonight. And you have a guest speaker, and it's Isaiah Saldivar. And you're back there all mad because you were up all night long, and you were out with your friend at the barbecue. And you're like, why does he have to yell like that? Why is he so loud? He doesn't breathe, and he takes those, <gasps> he takes those deep breaths, and he's all sweaty, and he's all skinny. And you're all mad, but on Friday night... You are losing your mind for your son being a quarterback. And so I'm, I'm just trying to show you guys the contrast that, that we're all worshiping something. We're all devoted. Some of you are more devoted to TikTok than Yahweh. And I'm not being rude, I'm being real. Come on, help me. You're more devoted to your iPhone or social media. Now, is it possible to worship a phone? Absolutely. If you're devoted, if you're devoted to your phone more than God, then this is your God. This is what you worship. So don't look at the children of Israel and say, I would never worship a golden idol. I would never worship, we're talking about worship tonight, a golden calf. I would never worship a mammon. I would never worship Dagon. Like these people are so dumb. They worship golden calves. Yet you sit on TikTok worshiping people dancing. You sit on Instagram worshiping selfies. You worship your phone and your, and your children. Some of you, the altar you pray to is the altar of your marriage. You spend hours and hours and hours obsessing over your marriage. And I just don't see that in scripture. What I see is God saying, I don't want any other God before me. So just think of worship as devotion. Whatever I'm worshiping, whatever I'm devoted to, and I, and I just wanna to touch on what you said, Jenny, about God is not looking for worship songs, he's looking for worshipers. And when you talked about in John four, where he says, you know, the time is coming now, we're not true worshipers, we'll worship the Father in spirit and in truth. But then it says, and these are the kind that the, of worshipers the Father seeking. So God is, yeah. uh, what you said, seeking a certain type of worshipers. Now the story, we know there's a woman at the well who was trying to figure out where we should worship. Was it on Mount Gerizim where they had, if you don't know a Samaritan temple where they were worshiping, 
or was it in Jerusalem where the Jews worship? And so she's going back and forth with Jesus about where are we supposed to worship? And Jesus turns it around going, it's not about where you worship, it's about who you worship. It's about what you worship. And then I love what Jesus says. He's like, he's like, honey, it's not about Mount Gerizim or about Jerusalem. He said, it's a new location. There's a new temple that we're gonna worship in and I'm the temple. Because he says, I want you to worship in spirit, but here's what I, what I want, Jenny, watch this. If Alexander Pagani was in here, he'd say, watch this. I want you to worship also in truth. Well, where's that at? How do I worship in truth? John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth. So Jesus yes. is the truth. So he says this, I want you to worship in truth. I'm the new temple. I'm the new truth and you worship in me. So Jesus is lo the location that we now worship in. It's not about whether you're at an altar, whether you're at Hillsong, whether you're at Bethel, whether you're at Elevation, whether you're at you know the church down the road, it's about worshiping in Jesus. Now you might say, I don't believe that. Where, where's that? John 2, 18. Watch what it says. It says, so the Jews said to him, what sign do you show for us for doing these things? And then Jesus says this, Jenny, destroy, destroy, this temple now we're seeing a temple and in three days i will raise it up then the jew said it took us 46 years to build the temple and you're going to raise up in three days but here's what the bible says in john 2 wow. jesus was speaking of his own body the temple was his body so jesus looks at the girl says you're not going to worship in a special temple you're going to worship in truth and the truth is I'm the new temple. So Jesus gives us the ability to approach the father. I taught this last night, Jenny, that we were at war with God. There was a war when we weren't saved, Jenny. We were at war, the Bible says, with God. But the Bible says through the cross, through the blood, Jesus made us at peace with God. So now we're no longer at war with God. We're at peace with God and we're able to worship the father. How do we boldly go before the throne of grace? We're able to do this through Jesus. And I want to say one more thing here. Romans 12 is something I preached at Fresh Start just two weeks ago. And this is something that has changed my life, Jenny. And if you guys haven't heard this, I've never promoted my messages. I've never, go watch this. You need to go watch this message because this is one of the best messages I've ever preached. But I preach on Romans 12 where Paul says, I urge you. So Paul's urging um, in view of God's mercy. So Paul says, because of what God's done for you, offer your body and this is what paul says your yeah. physical body offer it as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to god but this is what paul says this is your true and proper worship so how do we truly worship we give our bodies to god this is that lifestyle where we're fully surrendered jenny if i'm honest there's movies that every other pastor watches that i can't watch because i've given my body to god it's no longer my body. I don't get to choose where I move. I would love to come move to Florida and pay no state taxes. Come on, help me somebody. I would love to move to Texas. I would love to move to Arizona and be a part of Fresh Start. I would love to move to Washington and be a part of Vlad's church. I would love to move to Florida and be a part of Nations Church and just be there, but I don't get to choose where I live because I gave my body January 12th of 2011. I laid my body on the altar of living sacrifice, living sacrifice. And I said, God, I'm going to give you my body. So I don't get to choose what I watch. I don't get to choose whether I get tattoos or not. I don't get to choose what I drink. I don't get to choose where I go. I don't get to, I don't get to choose where I preach because my body doesn't belong to me. And this is why Paul says it's no longer I that live but it's christ i am fully possessed by the holy spirit i am fully owned and taken over by the holy spirit so i'm i'm on this pursuit jenny i was telling someone this the other day we were talking about compromise we were talking about movies and music and whether you know we should post certain things on our social media i said listen 
I'm on the pursuit of holiness. I'm on the high holiness highway. I'm on a road, a life of consecration where my journey, Jenny, every day I wake up, how could I be more like Jesus? And I'm so far from this, Jenny. How could I be more like Jesus? So if that post doesn't lead me down that path of being like Jesus, if what I say doesn't lead me on the path of Jesus, if what I'm watching is not Jesus approved, it's cliche, corny, whatever you want. I call it holiness. Then I don't do it because I'm on a journey to be like Christ and to live this lifestyle of giving my body to God. And so I really think we need to get in this place where it's not just about what I can do. It's about, is my body mine or not? And if your body's yours, then you can watch whatever you want and still be saved. If your body's yours, you can get whatever tattoos you can drink, do whatever you want and you can still be saved. If your body's yours, you can go move wherever you want and be a part of whatever church. You don't need to ask God. But if you've given your body to God, I gotta ask permission before I do anything because my body doesn't belong to me. And I know there's some of you watching this and I could feel it. You're wrestling right now. You're like, this is not, no, we don't need to ask God's permission. You don't if your body's yours. But again, we've laid our life down. This is true biblical worship. And Jenny, I want you to also, I know you have some stuff, some benefits of worship that we can go into. I want to talk about those, but I really believe God is calling some of you tonight. If you've not given God your body, if you've not said, God, here is my body. God, I'm giving you my hands. And this is one thing, Jenny, when I got saved, I had nothing to offer God. I was an atheist five minutes before. I had nothing to offer. I had no platform, no Facebook, no YouTube, no Instagram, nothing. I couldn't preach. I didn't know how to pray. I told God, I don't know how to pray. You're going to have to teach me. And God asked me for one thing, Jenny. That was my body. And I, I wasn't a believer at, uh, at why was when I got saved, but I wasn't five minutes before. I didn't know what this was. I didn't know Romans 12, one says, give God your body. But God said, I'll take your hands. I'll take your feet. I'll take your mouth. I will use the Holy Spirit needs a body to live in. He needs a body to work through. Just like a demonic spirit we always teach on needs a body to sin through. The Holy Spirit needs a body to work through. So the Holy Spirit, not, not in the natural. He's not physical. You can't see him with your eyes. He needs a body to work through. And so let the Holy Spirit have your body. This is true worship. But I know, Jenny, I don't want to just go on too long. I don't want to for me to keep going here. I would love you just to talk about and touch on some practical just benefits of worship. Yeah, absolutely. And for those of you really quick, I just want to touch this. For those of you that feel this intense struggle when you go when you go to worship, especially for those that are watching and you have been a part of a worship team or even a choir, I'm sure you will know that there seems to be so much issues that start mm. in the worship teams or in the choir. And it's like, what happened? We're up here worshiping. And it's like at in the of all the ministries ministries that I've been a part of in the church, it's always like whatever happens that's going to be really not good, it starts in a worship team. Mm -hmm. Why is that? We have to remember that this was Satan's job in heaven. Mm. He, The Bible actually talks about Isaiah that he had musical instruments yep. that were made in his body. And so it wasn't like he needed a keyboard and he needed this and that. He was like the whole symphony, the choir, everything. And he was called upon by God to worship. What an honor. And so when he was thrown out, never again to return to that position that was absolutely incredible to even be in the presence, that close proximity presence to God, never again. But then he sees human beings who get to come boldly to the throne wow. of God and lift our hands and take his place. 
That's why he gets in your ear. So-and-so doesn't like you. Oh, you're going to look crazy if you start lifting your hands. Oh, don't go wow. down to the front because they're going to think you're doing too much. Oh, you're not supposed to be seen. You're trying to be seen. And, and so he always, he loves to get in to worshipers and get us confused, get us fearful. Do you know that there are literal Christians? You're, you're actually on here. Some of you are on here watching. You're afraid to lift your hands. And if Come that's on, you, Jane, I want you to take it the comments that's me you're afraid to go up to the front or to even sing and the enemy's told you don't sing your voice is terrible no one's gonna like it the devil is a straight up liar and it is time for us to put him in his place he may be running his mouth but if you keep pressing your way into the holy of holies into the glory realm all of a sudden that chatter you won't hear it anymore it does the mm. same thing when you speak in tongues that's a whole nother story when you start speaking oh you're not doing it right oh that's fake oh you're copying why does he fight so hard because we're going somewhere on, in the Jenny. realm of the spirit and so i want all of you to commit to listen, the neighbor, you might, you might be inspiring the neighbor, okay? You're not gonna be scaring the neighbor. You're certainly not gonna scare new visitors. Say you it. are not scaring the non-believers. In fact, they are coming in trained up by the world for the most mm. extreme visual things they've ever seen in their life. They're coming into church. If anything, the church being boring is scary to them. Come on, So you Jenny. shouting and speaking in tongues, they're like, wow, what's that? Oh, can you speak enough? The only people that are offended are the religious Go people. Ahead. And we just got to keep moving. We can't let them dictate what's going to happen in the church. But I will say this. When you begin to praise... It will change your actual emotional state. Now you go, well, wow, I know there's good. people go, well, I need scripture and verse for that. Good. I'm glad that you asked that question. Thank you. I That comes from Psalm uh, chapter 16, verse 11, where it talks about in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So if, if we get joy, then that changes us from a place of deep sorrow to joy. And you all know that, that worship. I love this scripture that says, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. And I love that God does. He doesn't have to draw all men unto him because we worship him. But he does. He says, not only am I going to be lifted up when you lift me up, I'm going to do you one better. You lift me up and I'm going to draw all men. I people go, that means just unsaved and prodigals. No, all men is all men. Honey, we're in that too. All of us are in that. He's drawing all men unto him. He's saying, lift me up and I'll do something as well. He's just a good father to do that. He doesn't owe us. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. He just does it because he's good and he, he will keep his word. So he draws us. He says, I'll deliver you from fears when you worship me and you get in my presence. Fear is going to go. And actually fear is cast out by perfect love, which you'll find in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says when we worship, he gives us radiance. If we worship, he renews our hope, our hope in God. If you have hope deferred, if your heart is broken, you feel like you're hopeless. You don't know what else to do. It feels like you want to give up. Start worshiping. Turn on the worship music or better yet, just start singing. Holy are you Lord God Almighty, worthy is the Lamb. And just watch your situation change because that's what God does. He brings us joy. He brings us gladness. It gets our eyes off of our problem and our eyes on the one that can solve the problem. Come on, somebody. We get wisdom and insight and revelation. 
John said that I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Come on, somebody. He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He saw this beautiful vision of heaven. And you know what he does? Falls flat out on his face. Come on. He knew to worship. He actually gets up and there's an angel there. And he, he, he starts worshiping the angel. I, I would probably be doing that too. So in, just engulfed in heaven. Like, I don't know what to do to anybody here. Bless you. And the angel says, no, 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 don't worship me. We're fellow servants. We're, we're, we're in this together. Worship God. He tells him, worship God. And he worships God. Worship in Psalm 149 speaks of justice coming. So if some of you are going, there's something that I need justice in. Start worshiping the Lord. It actually says that singing, praising, and even dancing. Oh, yes. Dancing is allowed in the church and should be, it should be encouraged. We can, get, we can get a lot of breakthrough through dancing. The word of God says, God will execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. He will give us the desires of our heart like, we, like I just discussed when we begin to worship. We can actually cast out demons when we worship. And I, and I know people like, wait, what? When you are filled with the presence of God and you are worshiping God, God's presence completely overtakes you. And when God's presence completely overtakes you, I have literally been worshiping Isaiah from a platform and just walked by somebody and the demons began to manifest and fall out and come out. And I just continue singing. I'm not even really going out. I'm just going, hallelujah, find the glory. And the glory comes. In the Bible... It actually says the man that was in the caves, he ran to Jesus worshiping. Like that blew my mind. And I'm going, wait, what? Ran to Jesus worshiping. And Jesus was able to set the man free. Continue to worship the Lord. Worship God. It breaks our chains. Paul and Silas, we know this. Midnight, worshiping. Chains broke. Not only for them. It, it literally shook the foundations and busted open prison doors for everybody that was around. So you're going, what about my family? What about my son in jail? Start praising him, mama. Start praising him, brother. And you will see chains break over and over. If it's in his word, he will be faithful to complete it. I know that you've been toiling with this for a long time. I know it seems like it's not getting any better. But I'm telling you, you're not here by mistake. God has positioned you here so that you will hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. For now is the time for the worshipers to arise. And the Lord is calling forth the true worshipers. Those that will not bend their knee to the popular thing of the day. Those who will not bend their knee to Baal and to idols, but those that will stand firm on the word of truth. Those that will move forward and proclaim that God is Lord and there is nobody like him. And I'm telling you, whole cities can be shaken by the power of God. Do you know that Brownsville, we know Brownsville Revival, broke out for several years. They had worship six days a week hours and hours for years because revival broke out. When I was listening to a documentary, they interviewed the police department, the mayor, and the mayor and the police department gave a report back that once the revival started happening, the crime rate in the city dropped dramatically. It was like right around that area, they said no crime. 
So cities were changed. Lives were changed because people came into the presence of God and they left changed. Listen, honey, I don't want to just fall out and leave with the same demons. My neighbor, grab a cup of coffee and go back home. I want to commit suicide. I want to come into the presence of the Lord where he will take me from glory to glory. There are realms and dimensions to the Lord. And so we need to press in. Today is going to be a defining mark for many of you. You're going to hear this word and the Lord is going to say, I'm speaking to you. I've been calling you. Yes, this is for you. Yes, this is for you. And I would pray that you would say, yes, Lord, I will do as you say. I will worship you this day in spirit and in truth. So good, Jenny. So, so many people are asking. They're crying. They're filling the presence of God. They're filling the anointing. If you're going to worship, and we're going to, guys. I know we're an hour and fifteen in. Jenny's gonna. We're gonna go into it right now. We're gonna have a time of worship. She's gonna sing prophetically over you guys. I know Jenny also used to sing the scriptures. If you didn't see her broadcast, and I would be amazed. And Jenny would have literally hundreds and thousands and thousands of views hundreds of thousands of views on her singing the scriptures and god used that incredibly um to break a lot of people out of bondage and you talked about in acts where paul and silas were praising and the prisoners were listening to them praising and the bible says this is what i love not only did paul and silas break out but all the other prisoners broke out so you can break people out with your praise you can break people out it's a biblical principle with your worship so wherever you're at i don't know if you need to turn the lights down if you need to turn the music up if you need to turn your tv on but let's create this atmosphere of worship and praise we're not just going to talk about it tonight we're going to demonstrate it and jenny could feel free to do this as short as she wants as long as she wants but we're going to go into a time of ministry a time of worship a time of praise and we're going to do what we're preaching. We're gonna now. Some of you, you've never given your body to God, which is the Bible says true worship. We know also when um, Abraham sacrificed, went to sacrifice Isaac. That was the first time we saw worship in Scripture, where he said, "I'm gonna go over here and worship the Lord," and that was giving a sacrifice. That was laying something down. Some of you, your worship tonight looks like laying something down, laying an offering down. For some of you, and I'm not talking about finances, y'all. We're not taking up an offering. We're talking about an offering of your life, an offering of your idols, giving God your idols, giving God whatever has distracted you for others you've never given your body to God and this is very simple all you do is say Lord I give you my hands I give you my feet I give you my mouth I'm submitting which is what Jesus asks us to asks us to do I'm submitting my life to you in worship and as Jenny sings I'm gonna be doing this as she sings I'm gonna rededicate my life I'm gonna give my life give my body and give it on the altar of living sacrifice so go ahead Jenny you can take it away here and we're just gonna do some worship here Hallelujah, hallelujah. And you guys can keep commenting the whole time. And if God begins to move on you, if you begin to go through deliverance, I want you to let us know I'm experiencing deliverance. I'm experiencing the power of God. I just received tongues or whatever is going on. I want you to just, just let us know. Hallelujah. We make a miracle worker. Promise keeper, the light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, God, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see 
so that you can confess them and renounce them because his presence is here and in his glory no demon can stay every chain must break at his name oh yes the demons tremble the angels bow we will give him glory for we will give him praise now because he is Yahweh he is God. Hallelujah. I just see the Lord just moving on people right now. I see people crying in their houses. I see the presence of the Lord coming on people so strong that you're literally, you're physically trembling right now. So I just decree over you right now in Jesus' name. I keep hearing the name Tabitha. In the name of Jesus, Tabitha, the Lord is just saying your name to me. And I believe even when you just heard your name, you just begin to break out and cry because you said, God, do you hear me? God, are you listening? It's like you're not here. What am I going to do? And the Lord is just confirming to you this day, Tabitha, that the Lord sees, he hears, and he knows. He calls you beloved. You are his. You are not a disappointment to the Lord. You cannot disappoint the all-knowing God. He knows everything. He can't be surprised. And you are not a disappointment in Jesus' mighty name. I just break up every curse that has been spoken over your life. For those that are watching and you've had people speak things about you. Things were even said about some of you, even in the womb. And you didn't even hear them, but they were said about you. And they were not God's words over you. We just break them off right now in Jesus' name. We command every prison door open, 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 open now in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, somebody's on here and you have been suicidal. You've been actually, it's about 50 people. Wow. It's about 50 people that are struggling with that. Now, I know that's a big number, but if that's you, I want you to be bold enough to go in the comments and say, that's me, I need prayer. That's me, I need prayer. And we're going to pray with you, and we break off that lying deception, deception demon right now. In Jesus' name, break now. You shall live. I decree and declare over you, you shall live. I Speak to every lying spirit and I say, go in Jesus' name. Go now. Go now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. People are being set free and God is moving. I want to yeah. pray too for ahead, people Isaiah. that are going with that are going through trauma or they've had traumatic experiences. Yeah. I believe tonight that God is releasing inner healing over you. If you've had a traumatic experience, yes. guys, this could be something like a divorce. This could be abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse. I just see right now God is healing those that have gone through traumatic divorces, traumatic experiences. God is bringing healing in Jesus name. God is bringing deliverance oh. and I believe the spirit of religion is breaking tonight. Some of you have come out yeah. of a religious background, a religious mindset, and you say, 
I'm having a hard time grasping the new thing that God is doing. And I pray and I speak over you that the power and the spirit of religion is being broken in Jesus name. Religion, you have no power. Trauma, you have no power. Fear, you have no power. Sickness, you have no power. And we pray right now that the sick would be healed in Jesus name. We pray those of you that need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray the Lord tonight, we ask you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. God, we thank you that you're baptizing those in the Spirit. We thank you that you're releasing breakthrough in Jesus' name. We thank you that the prison doors are being opened, just like in Acts when Paul and Silas prays, that the prison doors, the prisons of shame, the prisons of abuse, the prisons of addiction, the prisons of anxiety, the prisons of depression are being opened up. And the Lord is yeah. saying to you tonight, come out of your prison in Jesus' name. Come out of your prison in Jesus' name. That you don't have to live in bondage. You don't have to walk around in chains. That God is releasing you. God is freeing you. And God is giving you freedom to praise. Freedom to worship. Freedom to express yourself. Freedom to be excited. Some of you are going to go back to that dead, dry church. And you're going to lift your hands for the first time. And you're going to praise at the altar for the first time. And God is calling you out of the pews of dead religion into the altars of revival. God is calling you out of the pews of dead, stale, dry, crusty religion into the oh. altars of revival and fire. And so God, we pray fire. We pray power. We pray a fresh anointing. We pray the fire of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost, the anointing of the Holy Ghost come upon families, come upon children, the power that breaks drug addiction, the power that breaks fear, the power that breaks anxiety, the power that set the captives free. It's the anointing. Jesus said, I've been anointed to proclaim liberty to the captives and to set them free. And so I speak liberty over you and I say, come out now in Jesus name, come out of your prison cell, that the prisoners are gonna be worshipers. I hear the Lord say the prisoners are going to be worshipers, that God is looking to turn you from a prisoner into a worshiper, that God has given you a voice, God has given you a sound, and there's somebody listening, you've never felt like you had a voice. You've been told you're worthless, you've been told to shut up your entire life, you've been told to be quiet, you've never had a voice, but God is giving you a voice to sing with a voice of triumph to shout with the voice of triumph and to lead forth those out of captivity, to lead those captive out of captivity. The Bible says, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So I speak freedom over you right now. I speak Jesus. deliverance over you right now in Jesus name, breakthrough right now. In Jesus name, Holy Spirit, just move by your spirit, move by your power. <laughs> Someone said, sing your way out, sing your way into breakthrough, shout your way out. I always say, if you can't get out, shout out, shout your way out. Like Paul and Silas, there's no way out. We're going to shout our way out. We're going to praise our way out of bondage. When you don't know what you can do or what there is to do, sometimes praise is the only option and the, the praisers would lead them forth into battle. And oftentimes the victory would come even before the, the army got there because praise invokes the armies of God. Praise invokes the presence of God. God inhabits the praises of his people. God is enthroned. God is looking for somewhere to sit. He's looking for somewhere to be his throne, to be enthroned. And in the praise, God is enthroned in our praise. So right now we speak that over you. Wow. Families be saved, friends be saved, marriages be saved. You will not divorce. Someone needs to hear this tonight. You will not divorce in Jesus' name. You will not lose your house in Jesus' name. You will get that house in Jesus' name, that God will make a way where there is no way. We thank you, Lord.
We thank you, Holy Spirit. You're just moving right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're filling mouths. Thank you that you're anointing people to preach your gospel. Thank you that you're anointing worship leaders. Listen, if you want to be a worship leader or if you look at Jenny and you guys thought we were going to teach you music and stuff, y'all, we're here. We're revivalists. We're teaching you worship <laughs> lifestyle. But if you want to be a worship leader, I'm going to ask Jenny to pray over those that feel called. Now, if you don't feel called, this is not for you. But type one, if you say, I feel called to be a worship leader, to lead people in worship. Now, this not doesn't need to be just a worship leader. This could be a drummer. This could be a piano player. This could be a guitarist. This could be someone doing music, but you're called to worship, to that worship team. Then I want wow. you to type one all through the chat here. One's coming through. Lots of them coming through on YouTube here. Lots of ones. Jenny's in prayer over you. I know Jenny has gone through this journey. She's a worship leader right now on staff at a church, but she's also a you know been a worship leader for years, traveling, preaching, worshiping. So I want Jenny, if you would just pray over those that feel called to be a worship leader. And you guys froze my thing. There's so many of you typing one. But yeah, many worshipers here tonight. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. So Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you see every heart, God, you know, every person that has been called to the area of worship. And I just pray right now that the supernatural power of God would just rest on their life. Father, I thank you that you would lead them into a place of consecration. Father, that they would have their eyes set on you as a flint and they would not look to the left or look to the right, but God, they would keep their eyes on you. Father, I pray that the enemy of their soul would go now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that they would not be ensnared in the sin of pride in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, that they would continuously lay down their lives before you. Father, I thank you that they would understand the timing of the Lord, the process of deliverance. Father, I thank you, God, that you are raising up their voices for such a time as this. And for everyone that has had an attack on your voice, there it is. Come on. There's literally been a physical attack on the vocal cords, on your singing ability. Not just those that are just in fear to sing, but I'm talking about you go to sing and it's like your, your voice is wore out. It's like you can't even get the full range of your voice. In the name of Jesus, I break every python spirit right now. I break your power. I break that spirit coming against the breath of God in the believer. In Jesus' name, we spot you in the realm of the spirit and we say, take your hands off. Go now in Jesus' name. Up and out. Come up and out in Jesus' name. Some of you are starting to feel deliverance happening. Out, rejection, come up and out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That spirit of perversion that is trying to creep into the worship movement of the Lord and worshipers. I break that out of your spirit in Jesus' name. You will not look to the applause of people, but you will look to the heart of the Father in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that you are restoring in them their mandate and calling from heaven. Father, that you would let them know that they are true Levites standing on the side of the Lord, called to live a 
separated life of consecration and holiness unto God, which is our reasonable service. Let that be the mark of these that have typed in one. Let that be the standard. The standard is be holy as I am holy, says the Lord. We thank you, Father God, that in our own strength, we can't do it. But oh, your word says, God, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, who strengthen them for the journey for every minstrel on here. I thank you that they would hear the sounds of heaven and they would begin to play the new sound, the new sound that is going to usher in a great move of revival. I thank you, Father God, for every prophetic worshiper that may not understand a prophetic worship in its fullness. They might not even be in a church that equips them to do that, but oh God, like me, you've called them. So train and teach them, God, by your spirit. I thank you that fear goes right now, doubt goes right now, and that your identity would be restored in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a powerful time, Jenny. How about this? Let's yeah. never let four months go by before you getting back on the show here. <laughs> I know you've been super busy. You've been um, pastoring. You're the worship pastor now at Nations Church in Florida, which is incredible. I got to get out there. I got to get out to Florida. I know God yeah. is doing powerful things there. I know you guys haven't even launched yet, and revival's breaking out in the services. I know. It's, been it's awesome, amazing. Man. We are literally in our pre-launch phase, which we've been in for several months. And it's under the, the leadership of evangelist Daniel Kalenda, who is the successor of Reinhard Bonnke. And they have seen over 80 million souls one for Christ. Not 80 million people just putting their hand up. 80 million people that have been in the discipleship. They've been discipled after giving their life to Christ. And so... We're under him, and he said to us, we launched in August, but I want to start prayer. Everything we do needs to be birthed in prayer. So let's just start meeting for prayer, and we can do worship. And I'm telling you, Isaiah, we were starting out with just, like, our, our staff, our team, and we have literally had, like, five, 600 people showing wow. up. And now Eddie James and his entire team, all the dancers, musicians, singers, everybody is moving to Orlando and they are part of our worship team. Something is happening in Orlando. Yes. I need to get out there to one of those prayer meetings and get in some of that glory. I love it. Jenny, guys, I want to ask you two things tonight. Number one, sow into the stream so that I can sow into Jenny. I want to do that tonight. Please. We're not beggars. We're believers. We don't take up 45 minute offerings. And by the way, we are officially sponsored by Awakening Remnant Church who gave again tonight. They give every single stream. We appreciate you at Awakening Remnant Church. Literally, I was trying to get sponsored by Cheez-Its, but I got sponsored by Awakening Remnant Church. So we love that. You guys are amazing. And then second thing I'm going to ask you to do, everyone keeps asking, where, where did you get that shirt? Well, I got this shirt from Jenny Weaver's merch shop, Clothed in Grace. And that link, how do I go there? I'm glad you asked. That link is in the comments. It's the third link in there. It's also linked in the description on YouTube. It's clothedingrace, is that right, .com. And it, again, it's linked there. Is that wrong or right? Yeah, they can go to, make it really easy. They can go to jennyweaverworships.shop or they can go to shopclothedandgrace.com yeah. shop, shop, shop clothed shop and grace shopclothedandgrace.com and I have it in the description you can get this exact shirt so you're telling me I can wear the same shirt Isaiah Salivar is wearing yes you can get this shirt the same one I'm wearing well it's not the same one doesn't have you know stains or anything but it's the same design or you can get the same one Jenny's wearing which my wife has and I love that design 
and that's awesome lion of judah so guys this is not some just regular christian merch i'm telling you this is like top quality these are my favorite shirts i wear her merch more than mine this is a true story if you look at my videos i wear jenny's merch more than mine i love the quality i love the designs i love she made me some special black long sleeves so don't try to get a special limited edition like i did but jenny <laughs> we love your merch store guys i want you to not only sew but i want you to bombard her store let's break her store well hope we don't break it but let's rush in there her online store tonight let's get something yes what were you what were you pointing to i have something and oh, yeah, I, I want i want to say this i designed a whole collection that was i call it this whole deliverance collection inspired by isaiah you guys Come on. i even looked at the little intro video where he goes try the fire and you need, <laughs> i need a fresh touch of the fire god we literally have that on a shirt and it is his quote that we got and so we've got the deliverance one, the up and out one. All of those came from from Isaiah and the Lord dropped that in my spirit. I woke up and, and I felt like the Lord was saying, look at Isaiah, what he's teaching, and you can have a whole line from that. So Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.